0: In what's been the theme of the season, the Hornets suffer another injury to, of course, a very key player. At least we have a rookie playing very well. Maybe two rookies playing very well right now. We'll talk about it on the Locked On Hornets podcast. You are locked on Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. In the minute, we live. we live? We live. <laughs> It's Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Thanks for making us your first listen. We're free and available anywhere you get your podcast. That includes YouTube, where Doug Branson of everyhornetsboxscore.com is angrily biting his fist, just wanting to hurt himself more so he can only feel the pain that is the biting of his fist rather than the Hornets and what kind of pain they're causing for all of the fans staying up to watch just a little bit later of a tip against, yeah, the worst team in the NBA and the Hornets themselves, or the second worst team in the NBA. It looked like the two worst teams in the NBA playing on the court here tonight. Mm-hmm. Lots of missed alley. Oops, just where the passes weren't even completed more. So on alley the Houston oopsies. Rockets side of thing. Yeah. Lots of alley. Oopsies. Uh, <laughs> I, I I set that one up for you. I lobbed that one up for you to slam it home. All right. alley Yeah. Um, And, of course, we'll get to all the bad basketball. But we have another bad injury here, and it happened to LaMelo Ball. So in the second half, LaMelo, because his ankles are not safe from anyone, he lands while he's up in the air. He lands on the foot of P.J. Washington, just like he landed on the foot of the courtside fan at the Spectrum Center. And when he lands on the foot of P.J. Washington, he's in pain, and he has to get helped not only to the bench, but also he has to get helped Off of the floor, going back to the locker room, would sprain his ankle again, out for the rest of the game after that injury, and you have to imagine he's going to miss some serious time, some significant time. Kind of just shrugging my shoulders here, Doug. This is how it's gone for the Hornets. It's how it's gone for LaMelo Ball. And just the latest injury, the third one for LaMelo since preseason, then about, what, Twenty games in, and then now here we are once again with Lamelo suffering that injury.
1: Yeah, a number of things concern you as regards this particular injury. Number one, how severe the turn looked. I mean, it, I mean that ankle went almost more than forty-five degrees. Like it did not look like a good turn at all. If that had been his first ankle injury, I would have been super concerned. But this is his third ankle injury now, over the course of preseason and the regular season. Uh, that, that can't be good. Two of them were freak accidents. So I don't think this one had anything to do, you know, with the other ones. The other thing that concerns you Walker is that Ashley Jehomady wasn't able to really get any information about it. Uh, they had him sort of behind, behind the curtain and, uh, she was able to get that he wasn't going to return to the game, but not much more information outside of that. So that's super concerning. And then the final thing is, so he he gets injured at the 9:23 mark in the third quarter. But if you rewind the tape at 10:30, and I wrote this down in my Every Hornet's box score notebook, so make sure to go check those notes when when I post them. But at at the 10:30 mark in the third quarter, Lamelo drives. He got knocked to the ground. He kind of hit his hip on the stanchion, but he wasn't messing with his hip. He was actually messing with his ankles and Rosier came over to help him up and LaMelo said loudly enough for the microphones to pick up it's my ankles bro and he was he was messing with actually the right ankle but i'm pretty sure he said ankles and he was if you rewind the tape back even further he was kind of limping up and down the court something happened prior to turning his ankle on the PJ Washington foot that was mm-hmm. already making his ankles a little wonky and and then this happens. So all of that, I think, is is super concerning, and and makes you wonder. You know, it was a month. It was a little over thirty days after the first preseason injury when he returned, and then a little over. I think it was just a couple more days uh, gap in between the second uh, or after the second injury. So it really makes you wonder. You know, it, this can't. This has to be at least thirty days. You would think we don't know any information, obviously. Uh, but it makes you concerned that it could be even longer at this point.
0: Yeah, it it I don't know. If it's it's not this bad, but it reminds me a little bit of Steph Curry going through his ankle problems at the very beginning of his career, and of course, mm-hmm. Steph Curry would go on to have a resume that is possibly top 10 worthy especially after this latest championship and nba finals mvp it's hard to imagine that lamello ever gets to steph curry level because you're arguing maybe only nine other players possibly have ever had a better resume than steph but we know that that player that point guard that had ankle injuries early in his career was able to bounce back stronger than ever and yet it has not gotten that bad right steph had ankle surgery he had gone through it quite a bit his first few seasons in the league And LaMelo has gone through it this season. But you are hoping, as you mentioned, that it does not get any worse than maybe just sitting out the rest of the season and that's it. I mean, I don't know how much time he's going to miss, but Doug, there's just no denying it, right? You said it in the last episode. This is where the rubber meets the road. I said it, I don't know, maybe a week ago when we had Nick Carboni on that. This was, that was pretty much the time that it was over for the Charlotte Hornets. And I think everybody understands that. And that includes Michael Jordan. That includes Mitch Kupchak, any authority figure with that organization. I just don't see any reason. If Lamelo has any pain, what's, I mean, 1%, like even normal, it's an 82 game, regular season, NBA player pain, even that normal stuff. I just don't know if I see any reason for Lamelo to play.
1: Well, especially if they're sellers at the deadline and they move multiple players. I mean, if we're talking about a fire sale situation, then I think they, they have every legitimate reason to shelve LaMelo for the rest of the season. It made sense to bring him back the first time because you wanted to see what this team could actually do once he returned, and then he gets injured again, and the losses pile up. But even bringing him back the second time, there was still it was an outside, outside chance of them saving the season. Uh, but but then that mm-hmm. faded away too because there were other injuries to Hayward to Martin uh, and, and to Kelly Oubre and so yeah I, I don't i don't know other than if he's just 100% 100% healthy and there's no issue with the ankle at all then you know maybe you bring him back way late in the season just to just to let him develop you know to let him to continue to work on his game but i but i would say that those reasons uh, are are outweighed by the concern that you would have that that he's doing long term damage because everything that's happening in the season I think is is all rehab focus it's getting the ankle back to, back to some level of strength that would allow him to continue to play basketball what concerns you is sort of what the hornets went through with Kimball Walker they they did that with Kemba Walker multiple times with his knee and with his knee rehabbing it to get him back on the floor and then it was in the off season that they would go and take a look at it and go well actually you know, we we need to address this with surgery. Uh, so hopefully we're not dealing with that situation with a mellow ball, but a lot up in the air at this point. We'll we'll find out more, I'm sure, in the coming days.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I'm sure Rod Boone, anybody on the Charlotte Hornets beat, hopefully going to be telling us as much as possible and as quickly as possible. So we'll keep you updated here, too, as, as we find out the information also. We did have some positive notes to at least point out from this game against the Rockets coming up next on the Lockdown Hornets podcast.
1: Don't go to sleep on the Hornets just yet.
0: We had some good performances. One from Mark Williams, who was awesome in this game. Bryce McGowan's continuing to get some playing time. We'll get to that in just a moment. But first, we got to tell you, this episode is brought to you by Built Bar. If you're looking for a delicious treat, but don't want all of the fat and the calories, then you got to try Built Bar. We just got through the holidays. Sometimes you might put on a little holiday weight. That's okay. Built Bar is here for you. And what's great about it is that you don't have to sacrifice taste. You don't even have to sacrifice that delicious, maybe holiday dessert type of taste because all the built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right, all of them, real chocolate, and they're low in calories, they're low in fat, but they're also high in fibers. And they're also high in protein, 17 grams of protein in some of these bars with only 130 calories and four grams of sugar. Plus they taste very good because of the flavors, cookies and cream. You can pick up a a four bar box, of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs. But if you're close to a Sam's Club, then you can run in and grab a 13 bar box with the hip flavors that we just mentioned. So again, either built.com, you can get your built bars, or you can go to a local Walmart or Sam's Club and pick up built bars in bulk. More Hornets coming up next, Locked
1: On Hornets. Is Locked On Hornets. They're running their rookies to Greensboro. They're driving them to Greensboro and then driving them back the same day to play in an NBA game. I cannot wait until the Hornets load manage.
0: It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. The rose rising from the desert here. Doug, it is Mark Williams, who in this game was an absolute beast in 19 minutes of play. How about 17 points for Mark Williams, eight of 10 from the field hit his only free throw attempt off of that crazy. And one where you're mm-hmm. thinking, okay, the seven foot one guy probably should go up stronger at the basket. And maybe, I don't know about dunking on somebody and he finishes all the way at his hip but he makes it I in fact I'm almost glad that he didn't go up stronger because he he shoots it from the hip and makes it goes to the foul line and then hits the free throw not even the points though here Doug where he had some nice slams it's the five blocks it is the absolutely stunning Alperin Shangoon in this game and Shangoon scored 24 points but I asked you before we started recording did all of those points come against Mason Plumley?
1: Because yes. he couldn't score I don't, need to, I don't need to watch the film. I'm not okay. Steve Clifford here. I'm not going to watch the Fair. film. I'm just going to declare definitively that every <laughs> single one of Shen Goon's points yes. was on Mason Plumley's head.
0: Uh, I, and I don't know why it, it it's, it's nothing against Shen goon. He's a fun player at times. I, I, people are still a little bit higher on, on him than, than I am even after the draft. But I just love that Mark destroyed him. Like it, it's just, it, 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 it gives us something that you win. Quote, unquote, the Hornets won the big man battle tonight. Mark Williams was swatting all over. It was awesome. I'm just glad that Mark gave us something to pull for. He gave us that little glimmer of hope.
1: Well, here's the thing. Shingun is goofy looking, right? Uh, Like he's, he's goofy, like he's just built (laughs) proportionally odd. And, and I used to coach, you know, like sort of kindergarten to like third grade level basketball. And there was always one kid that would kind of run up the floor. Every year I had a kid that would run up the floor with his shoulders pinned back and kind of do this number as he ran up the floor, just kind of like sort of chest poking out, shoulders pinned back. And that's how Shingun runs. He's goofy looking. It's like, it's weird to watch him play basketball, and yet he's highly skilled. But Mark Williams, we saw a guy that is going to legitimately be one of the better shot blockers in the NBA. And wow, wow. What a relief it was to see him do that to Shingun. Shook Shingun. Uh, there were multiple opportunities for Shingun to take it up against Mark Williams as we got into the fourth quarter, and Shingun said, "Nah, I'm good." I don't understand why Mark Williams wasn't out there to end the game. Like when when Houston made their big run at the end of this game to kind of get back in, it scared but Terry Rozier. Said after the game, almost gave him a heart right. attack. You know, got back into the game with three after three, but they fouled Mason Plumlee. And Mason, you know, to his credit, went one for two, um, you know, helped him get there. Hit the second one. Right. Hit the second one. But why wasn't Mark Williams on the floor? I mean, he was the Gun stopper. He's a better free throw shooter. I don't get it. Uh, But, man, Mark Williams, super impressive. A lot to hope on, a lot to dream on.
0: Well, and, and of course, you know, everybody knows, we love us some Eric Collins on this podcast. Absolutely Mm -hmm. love us some Eric Collins. Friend of the show. Friend of the show. But boy, was he hyping up Mason Plumley when he got fouled. Said, wait, <laughs> Houston Look, doesn't know the scouting report on Mason yes Plumley. Maybe last year you should foul him, but this year, maybe not so much. Great. He's an improved free throw shooter. It's absolutely who you wanted to foul. And I was thinking, wait, Hornets don't pass it to Mason Plumley in this scenario because you might just get got. But they didn't. Mason went one of two, hit the second one with his left hand, and they ended up holding on.
1: Walker. People have criticized me and you and this show for oh. telling the honest truth about Mason Plumley's play this season. And the honest truth is there have been times when he has played really, really well and whatever faults he has and, and however that affects the Hornets roster is really a reflection of the organization and not how hard Mason Plumley has played this year. And he's done a lot of what he's been asked to, to do, okay. So we've gotten criticized for, for uh you know, hyping him up in in the past. But I will say this: one day the Hornets will win again. One day they will make the playoffs again. And I think we all have to remember how this organization and by extension Bally's tried to ram Mason Plumlee down our throats. Whether it's that conversation that Eric was trying to have at the end <laughs> of the game, or whether it's these godforsaken. Uh, tweets that go out after every game after every loss where it's, he's getting a double double and it's his it's Mason Plumley smiling back at me uh ironically <laughs> it has to be an ironic tweet but we have to remember how they pushed Mason Plumley on us at the end of uh, you know as as this season as the as uh, this season really uh is over you know I mean it, it's come to an end and they've tried to force Mason on us we have to remember that
0: Yes, we do the the tweets, and, and it's a lot more palatable if you're forcing Lamelo on us because he is the star, and it hurts. It that's why it hurts that he's injured. But it's also tweets like. Lamella was putting up some special numbers this season and then comparing that to Damian Lillard. And it's the 24 points per game. It's the eight assists per game. And then, uh, you know, I forget what the other category was, but it was comparing it to Damian Lillard. Nakia's Duncan quote tweets that and says, yeah, but also, and it gets like 100 likes because people know. And Valley is still... Just trying to show us, you know, the the good side, quote unquote, of what's going on. But you're right. Yeah, they did try to shove Mason Plumley all upon us and uh and some other stats that maybe aren't nearly as meaningful right now. They need to be to highlighting
1: Bryce to... McGowan's. They need to be yeah, highlighting. Yeah, let's get Bryce to, McGowan's. to Bryce.
0: For sure, Ooh. Bryce getting minutes again. Twenty-one minutes in this game, ten points. How about the putback dunk? There, that was a nice little Squidward future fetal position, future crunch, future between those two guys. Bryce McGowan's hit Mark Williams with a pass down low, settles for a hook shot. One of the two missed field goals, and then Bryce helps his buddy Mark Williams by giving you a, a putback slam. Ten points for Bryce in this one. Three assists, four rebounds. Yeah, man. I, it's exactly what we talked about the previous episode. He got some minutes against Boston the last time out. If we're talking about trade packages and they say, hey, why don't you throw Bryce McGowan's in there? No, I'd rather not. I don't I don't want to do that deal because I like Bryce McGowan's and I want to see where this second round pick that has some flavor. I want to see where he ends up, man. And he was awesome uh, in, in this game where he got over 20 minutes.
1: Yeah, and he came through in the clutch. I mean, I think that's the most exciting thing if you're looking towards the future. You want to see these young players get put into these situations where it is, you know, can you make winning plays? And Bryce McGowan showed that he absolutely could make the winning plays. We're talking about middle of the fourth quarter. P.J. Washington does a great job coming into the, coming out of the, the third quarter break and hitting a couple of shots to get the lead back um, after <laughs> – it looked for a while there, you know, after LaMelo's injury, like this game was going to slip away from the Hornets – but P.J. gets him back in it, and then McGowan's and Mark yep. Williams combine, a little two-man game, and, and it's McGowan's passing. It's his shot-making ability. He hit that three. I mean, he knew he was going to get contact, and, and that's the kind of shot that Bryce McGowan's is going to hit over and over throughout his NBA career. It was super great to see him hit it in this one. He had that wraparound pass on Shingoon, put some stank on it, got it to Mark Williams, who got another dunk. Mark Williams was dunking it all over the place. Uh, so yeah, man, it's just so cool to see McGowan's who like it, it impressed us so much in summer league, and to see that carry over is such a relief because so many times these guys come out and they're summer league superstars, and then they can't really put it together. He goes to Greensboro. He you know he he relishes that opportunity. He bides his time. He gets that first look and has to sit for a little while. They don't pass in the ball. I'll tell you what, they were passing in the ball in this one, and he got a couple corner three opportunities and he knocked them down. Just super happy for McGowan's. And, and I thought, you know, look, you look at P.J.'s performance at the beginning of the fourth quarter. That's a big reason why they won. Terry Rozier, especially after LaMelo got injured, stepped up big time. Another showcase performance for Terry Rozier. Uh, but I would say, you know, maybe with Terry Rozier, like 1-1-A, I'd give it to, you know, McGowan's and, and Mark Williams' You know, game ball situation here. Well, and,
0: and and sometimes I, I I roll my eyes at this type of analysis. So feel free to do that to me. If you're the listener, if you're Doug Branson, but Bryce McGowan's gives a bleep, like that guy plays really hard. And and I, I love that from Bryce. I think that was true in summer league. I would see him when I actually had some chances to go to, to practice before summer league hit and they went out to Las Vegas. And Bryce McGowans is always out there, you know, working after everybody was done and and getting to see Bryce really get his minutes, get rewarded. That, it's really cool. And I think that's something that you'd about Bryce McGowans coming out of college of Nebraska and then being that early second round pick. Yeah. One other thing about Bryce. He's
1: got the physical tools too. Like, I mean, oh, crazy, yeah. Yeah, crazy yeah, yeah. long arms, huge hops that we saw on that tip dunk. Like it's, he, I, I think he, he hasn't put every single piece together, but he has all of the pieces to be one of these, like, surprise second rounders that ends up getting, like, a sneak all-star bid at some point.
0: Um, Yeah, oh, that'd be great. I'd, I'd love that. And a couple threes, by the way, from Bryce McGowan. So two or three from the three-point line. That was nice to see as well. All right, coming up next on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. Don't go to
1: sleep on the Hornets just yet.
0: Give some uh, finishing thoughts in the last segment on this Rockets game. This episode is brought to you by Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. You can get the latest odds and the trends for every professional and amateur league out there. If you love sports podcasts, you can find those on Bet Online as well. They're always the fastest and the easiest way to get your betting info. You can head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. One more segment to go. Locked on Hornets is locked on Hornets. Oh, all right, so, so we've got Al, or we've got the question, how? Like, how did Miles do that? Can you help us end this debate with so much, an unbelievable amount on the line? Uh Doug, I respected in the, the great, degree, uh, but Walker, it's, I'm telling you, it was just, it came, ah. every single person who saw that reacted that way. Some of us just were tight, around, that's right. tighter than others, and I just had to release this from my body. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Shout out to Chris Littman, listener Chris Littman, for writing us, listening constantly. We really appreciate that. I thought he did um, something pretty cool on Twitter and also asked us about just this trade value list. And we don't have to make our trade list here, Doug. But he did write in some players towards the top and he has Lamelo number one. Obviously, he has Mark Williams, PJ Washington, Jalen McDaniels, Terry Rozier with the contract committed at number five. Like, and we we can you know agree disagree with some of those whatever. But I do like some of the names up there. I feel like the the most tradable players in this game, the the guys with the most value that you either might want to hold on to or you want to trade for a hundred cents or more on the dollar. Those mm-hmm. were the guys that showed up in this one. Yeah. I mean, and Mason, maybe not so much defensively, but offensively scored 17 points, had nine rebounds, and went six of eight from the field. So Jalen McDaniels didn't hit from three in this one, but transition McDaniels is a, an absolute beast in this game. You know, just throwing it to the side, and it's what he does. He's got a hundred percent motor constantly. It's what sees him as the beneficiary to those outlet passes from LaMelo. I mean, Jalen McDaniels, awesome in transition. How about PJ? Like, uh, well, I want to talk about PJ's block numbers this year. He caught some <laughs> flack for the lower the, the blocks not being there at the beginning of the season. And right. I thought it was odd because the year before, he was towards the top, especially at his position. What not being a center, right? More power forward and block percentage, especially with guys that are that short or that play power forward. Well, he's doing it again. Like he's starting to go up the ranks and block percentage. He had three steals, three blocks. We know what he provides for this team defensively. I value the hell out of it. And now he's shooting a lot better. We talk about him with this, this role that he's way more way more suitable for, you know, like he, he's playing better in this role. Seven of 11, two of five from three. So McDaniels, PJ, Mark, Bryce, Terry coming in with not like, just, it It was those guys that all played well in this game against Houston.
1: Yeah. I would say a couple of things on the blog numbers, you know, one, one wonders how much not being able to play with a miles bridges or a Gordon Hayward for a vast majority of this season will affect that because it, it, it shifts his responsibilities defensively and also not playing with a legitimate shot blocker like so many or, or somebody that can kind of clog things up in the middle because, you know, PJ is really good at that, you know, coming out of nowhere, help side block. So th- those are much easier when you're playing with someone like Mark Williams, like a couple of those blocks that he had was with Mark Williams on the floor, uh, clogging things up and making things difficult. I- I'm not going <laughs> to, Houston was terrible and they were Absolutely. they were slow and they were predictable. And so, you know, I think a ton of these block shots are, are, are situations where like the Hornets were just like, oh, you're telegraphing this. I know exactly what you're going to do. I'm going to block this shot and, and less a spectacular kind of block. So I, I don't want to judge much on this game, but yeah, he had a good game. You know, Mark had a ton of block shots. The one thing I like about Jalen, you mentioned him in transition, He's so great at the first dribble after he makes the steal. That first dribble, he throws it way up ahead, and then runs, sprints full speed to the basketball once he throws it up ahead, and the the transition defense is just left playing catch up. It's such a it's such a great move by him, and he can get away with it because he's so long that he can catch up to the ball before anybody else can. Just, I mean, what can you say at this point? Jalen McDaniels, like you, you get, you understand now why he is valuable to other teams.
0: Yeah, and just more on on the PJ thing, you know, I think he's 14th in the league right now this season when it comes to block percentage and the guys that are ahead of him, it's Nick Claxton who could win defensive player of the year. It's Brook Lopez, Joel Embiid, Zubots, Christian Wood, Porzingis, Rudy Gobert, Stephen Adams, right? Like you don't get to somebody around his size and position until you get to John Collins and PJ Washington is 14th in the league. Just he's a good shot blocker. He's a good defender. He's he's going to guard people on the perimeter, and you get that from Jalen. And you just went through all of the uh, of the reasons as to why you might like a Jalen McDaniel's. If you want to look at the schedule going forward here, this is a little road trip that the Hornets are going to be on right now. So not only do you uh, play the play the Rockets, uh, you get that win one twenty two one seventeen. You have three other road games. Atlanta on Saturday, so actually have a couple days rest. Steve Clifford talked about that after the last Boston loss and said that's going to be valuable to them because it's been so long since they've had two days off before they get to play that third game. So it's usually just one day off, one day on. So not the case here. And then after Saturday, you have the road game against Utah, Monday, January 23rd, and then you play the second night of a back-to-back. You got to be in Utah and then hit the flight, go to Phoenix, Tuesday, January 24th, um, you know, Utah playing a lot better, even with Phoenix not being in the play-in right now, you know, it, it's going to be tough, right? The Hornets are towards the bottom of the standings, towards the bottom of the league, and it's going to be tough to, to come by some of these victories. What what do you make of this road trip?
1: Well, the two days is, is going to be especially helpful because now you have to reorganize everything if LaMelo is going to miss extended time. And we've been assuming that's the case. Uh, they could come out tomorrow and say, well, yeah, it looked bad, but actually he's fine. So, you know, we have to, we have to really you know, make sure to mention that. But if mm-hmm. he is out extended time, those couple of extra days gives them a chance to rethink how they're doing everything and, and shuffle the rotation and make sure that everybody's prepared for that. Uh, and then Utah is going to be interesting. Walker Kessler – I'm you know was I, I liked him in this last draft. Nobody else seemed to like him. I liked him uh, and he's playing really well, so it'd be interesting to see him go up against Mark Williams for a few <laughs> possessions. Uh, hopefully we don't see Nick Richards anytime soon. Let's let Mark continue to continue to cook. You have to reward young players when they're playing as hard and playing as well as Mark is right now. So Nick Richards will well, there are plenty of games left to get Nick Richards some more runs, some more burn. As we head into the off season, but now is not the time. Let's let's keep running on the mark train. Uh, the the other thing that I'll say is I'm just looking forward to playing like legitimate NBA teams uh, because Houston, look they're they're on their path right now, but they are not a legitimate NBA team, and the way they play. Yeah just the chaos that they played with and and the lack of discipline that they played with and how much that confused the Hornets in the first half. Because the Hornets are a bad basketball team. I'm not saying the Hornets are a good basketball team. But the Hornets are a bad basketball team, okay? That's their level. And then Houston is like way, 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 way down. And they play with such chaos that it confuses even bad teams. And it reminds me of playing, Walker, these people on NBA 2K that have no idea how to play the game of basketball and they're they're hitting you with all the cheesy stuff. They're trying to steal every possession. They're bringing they're bringing help from all kinds of crazy places. And it and it, when you play those when you when you play those players, it throws you off at the beginning of the game because you're trying to play a normal game and they're playing chaos. And you have and you you will you will start to lose to those teams because you, it completely takes you out of your rhythm because you're expecting them to do one thing. And they do a, a completely uh different thing. And so you have to settle down. And this is what the Hornets I thought did really well in the second half is they settled down and said, Okay, let's play our game. Let's you know, let, let's not let them, you know, their chaos cause us to play chaotically. Cause that's what happened in the second quarter. The Hornets finally settled down in that second half and stopped letting Houston's chaos affect them. And, you know, I'm just glad, I'm just glad they're gonna play Atlanta and Utah and some of these teams that like just play an NBA brand of basketball that isn't completely alien because you will eventually beat those teams, but it scares you in the first half because you have no idea where anybody's going to be.
0: Oh, that second, that second quarter was God awful that the Hornets played. So yes, it was, it was nice to see them settle down in the second half, but, and uh, eventually you get the win. You suffer a bigger loss with LaMelo ball. Going down with that ankle sprain. We'll see when when Lamelo comes back. So, will will the Will the NBA
1: gods Will the NBA gods reward us, Walker? Will they? <sighs> they have they tortured the us. To we have to remain faithful. We have to remain faithful and understand that this this thing has to turn around. It's not going to turn around in the win column anytime soon this season. But we. But d- d- look, they're trying so hard. I mean, you look at Terry after that game. When he was doing his interview with Ashley Shaheen, uh, the yeah. guy is just like, he. I mean, he's just leaving it all out on the floor—blood, sweat, and tears. Bryce McGowan, he said, I'm tired Williams. As hell Williams. Yeah, he's he's tired yeah. as hell. PJ Washington. We're talking about guys that are leaving it out on the floor. They are not. They're playing undisciplined. Yes. They're playing frustrated. Yes. They're not. They're They're not playing well offensively. They have defensive issues everywhere, but they're trying so hard, and there's they so many injuries that I feel like the basketball gods have to reward us. And that's why I will be spending the next few weeks spamming tankathon.com.
0: It's about that that time. It's earlier than usual. Yes. (laughs) Even for Hornet standards, very, very early, but it might be that time to hit the Stretching out my clicking fingers. There you go. Thanks (laughs) for making Lockdown Hornets your first (laughs) listen today. Make your second listen game to game NBA every moment, every top performance, every result. Locked On Game to Game covers every game from across the NBA with local analysis that only Locked On can deliver. Follow Game to Game on Locked On NBA, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcast. Have a great rest of your day. We'll be back with you tomorrow. Click,
1: click, 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 click,